Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. I am Tim Malone, Family Ministry Director. My privilege to bring you the word this morning. Pastor Billy is on vacation with his family, so keep them in prayer. That's very restful, good time for them. And a couple quick announcements. Uh, one, our summer Sundays, Young Adult Luncheon, every Sunday, June and July, is happening again today. Today is in Newark at the Riera's house. Are the Riera's out there somewhere? I know they are. There she are in the back. There's Kate. So if you need directions, find Kate or me. And that's right after the service. And then today... We are honoring the class of 2022. Their names are in the bulletin, but if you graduated high school or college this year, can you just stand up so we can recognize you? <laughs> Got a whole row of them over there. Congratulations. Much blessings to you. And um, I got some advice for you today, so listen up. Actually, I got advice for all of us, so that's really good. Uh, so I, I picked this passage out a couple weeks ago, and it was cool because as Billy was preaching last week, I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of goes with what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should write that down. I'm like, oh, yeah, I wanted to say that. He's taking my words, but it's so cool how God's word just kind of works together. And if you remember, Billy said um, three, three kind of relationships we have with God. This thing is bothering me. It's like. Right next to me. He, he said there's three things that, um, three ways people kind of have a relationship with God. It's like God, then me. So like God saves me, then I do the rest. And then God, not me, kind of like super passive. God does everything, I do nothing. And then God in me. And that's what my sermon's about today is God in me. We're going to hyper focus on the uh, God in me and, and, and the vine and the branches. And here's, here's the thing. It's really easy to understand. But guess what? It's really difficult to apply to your life. As a matter of fact, it takes a lifetime to apply it to your life. It takes a daily struggle to apply it to your life. And as we, we're in community together, we want to apply this in our lives together so that we can grow and mature and bear fruit for God. And that's it. We're, we, we're called to abide in Jesus. That's, that's the sermon in three words right there. And it, it's also difficult because, you know, we want God's blessing. We want to know God, but then we want to live life on our terms. And they, they don't work. You can't, you can't have his blessing and his presence and then live life on our own terms. They clash. And that's what causes a lot of disconnect in our life. God, where are you? Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you intervening here? And a lot of it is because we're, we're missing him. Because we're, we're down the street and God's at our house. You know, we got to come home, right? We got to come home. Okay, so my hope today is that you and I can live lives deeply connected to Jesus so that we may experience his joy and his peace and his hope that he gives his children and we can overcome life's hardships and so we can defeat sin, receive his daily mercy and have an impact for the gospel. Do you want that? I said, do you want that? Yeah. You do. So do I. So, Lord, teach us today. Help us today. Okay, so we're going to be in John 15. It's the last night. It's the night he gets arrested. 
So it's the night before he's crucified. And I was wondering, that's probably an important night for Jesus. I wonder, do you think he had notes? Do you think he sat down that afternoon? Here's the one thing I want to tell them. I don't know. But he, they were up in the upper room. They had the Last Supper. And then John, John 14, the last verse says, and they went out. Or he said, let's leave this place. So we come to John 15, and Jesus is still teaching. And they're walking um, out to the uh, Gethsemane. But before then, I, I'm not sure where they are. They're outside. But uh, he sees a grapevine. And just being the master teacher he is, he's like, hey, guys, come here. I want to teach you a lesson. And that's the lesson we're going to hear tonight, the grapevine lesson. Uh, and it's interesting because, you know, the grapevine is an image in all of Scripture. In, in the Old Testament, there's the grapevine. I was going to read this, but it's going to take too much time. But today you can go back to Isaiah 5. And God makes a wonderful vineyard, fertile soil, plants the choice vine. He builds a watchtower, a wine press. And Israel is there. Israel's the vine. And he's waiting for the sweet grapes to ripen. And they ripen. And he tastes them. And what happens? They're sour. Right? And he said, I expected righteousness. And what did I get? Violence. What happened? Israel didn't do what it was supposed to do. Israel could not walk in God's ways. They were supposed to honor God, be a light to the nations. They were supposed to be a blessing to the nations around them, and they failed. And I think part of the reason they failed is they did not have something that you have if you believe in Jesus. They did not have this inside of them. They did not have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says that he is the true vine. He is the true Israel. He is the one who came and followed all of God's commands. And he is the one that is the blessing for all nations. Israel was the vine that failed. Jesus, the new Israel, is the vine that overcame. And from his vine, blessings will flow and flow and flow. So that's, that's the image of the vine from the Old Testament there. And it just reminds us, reminds me at least, of the gospel, right? We can't do a spiritual life apart from Jesus. We need the true vine. And he invites all to come, come to him, repent of your sin, believe in Jesus, believe he is the Lamb of God. He's the one who came down from heaven and all who believe in him, become in his family. They are made clean and they are held in his hand forever. And that is the gospel and it's the wonderful invitation that we have. So all believers who trust Jesus, we are like the disciples, we are grafted into the vine. So that's my long introduction. So we're gonna read the passage. We're in John 15 and we're gonna read verses one through eight. And this is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, 
Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And I guess I only gave him seven verses. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. My fault there, John. So this paints a picture, right? This is an allegory, you know. He's using something that we all know to teach something. And kids, you probably know. Who is the gardener in here, kids? Who's the vine dresser? God, that's right. God the Father is the vine dresser, right? He plants the vineyard. He's in charge of the vineyard. He prunes the branches that need to be pruned. And he does that to make them more fruitful. He gets rid of the dead branches, the worthless ones. He throws them in the fire. And my question to you is, do you know the gardener? And, you know, we don't, we're, that's not the sermon today. But he is the best gardener, right? The rest of scripture testifies to how wonderful and majestic this gardener, our God, is. Okay. All right, kids. Who's the vine? Jesus. Jesus, who is also God. I'll give you half credit for that. <laughs> Jesus is the vine. He's the one who does the work, right? The vine's got to send out its roots. It's got to draw up the nutrients and the, and the moisture and everything that the branches need. And it comes through the vine. And the vine somehow makes it into this wonderful sap that goes out to the branches. So Jesus is the vine that supplies everything the branches need. And then who is the branches? We are, that's right. We are the branches. And what do they do? We make fruit, that's right. We receive from the Lord, right? We receive the sap. We receive the life-giving um, stuff that comes through the vine. And we have to stay connected to the vine. And we bear fruit, that's right. We bear fruit for the gardener. So we're gonna be talking about, I call this, Sermon, the branch life. Okay, what is the branch life? Um, it's our life. Okay, so particularly we're going to focus on verse 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Strong words, right? So four categories of a branch life. We have abiding depending, resting, and we have fruit-bearing. And we'll start with abiding. Jesus says the word abide seven times in eight verses. So that tells me it's important, right? There's something important about this abiding. Abiding means to continue, to remain, and we're continually supposed to remain with Jesus. It's, it's a deep, deep connected relationship. It, it's a union. It's not a relationship of obligation. 
oh yeah, I guess, yeah, he's God. I guess I gotta kind of work on this relationship. And it's, it's not even uh, a relationship of convenience where, well, God, I need you today. Where are you? Okay, I'll see you next week. You know, no, no, it's the deepest, most important relationship. And it's interesting because he says, um, I will abide in you. Okay, that's his Holy Spirit. I get that. But you are supposed to abide in me. Wait, I have to abide in him? And that, that's a little mystical in a way because I'm a physical body and he's a spiritual being, right? And how do I abide in a spiritual uh, being? It's a, it's, a, it's a deep relationship and, a, and it's a daily practice. Again, it, it's easy to understand, but it, it's something that we have to work at every single day. And I find for me, I need time alone. And that time alone that I have with the Lord, uh, maybe in prayer, maybe reading scripture, maybe just sitting there and thinking about him, is really, really helpful to me to abide. Okay? So you need to figure out that in your life. How, how do you do that abide dance? You know, him and me, I and him, him and me. I'm a really good dancer, but you can't tell that right now. But how do you, how do, you do that at home? Okay, but, but you are called to abide, okay? You have a role to play, that God in me. We have to work that out, okay? We can't just be, be takers. We can't just be, all right, Jesus abides in me. Now, here we go, Jesus, you know, come on. No, we, we've got to turn, and we've got to abide in him. Uh, you know, connect, commune. And the beauty is 24-7, 365, divine is here. You know, we don't have to go looking for him. He's right here all the time, ready. Abide in Jesus. That is the main point. How are you doing with that? And how do you know if you are? Hey, talk to the person next to you. Talk to me. Find out. But, but please, that Jesus says, abide in me. You will bear much fruit. Now, the next two are very difficult for Americans. Very, very difficult. The next one, branch life, is depending. The branch life is depending. And guess what? You're not very good at being dependent. And I know that because I'm not very good at being dependent, right? And you know, it's think about life. You know, our whole life, maturing is growing up to be independent, right? You know, you're five years old, you want to drive the car and go down the store and buy a candy bar. At least I did. Uh, you can't do that. You don't even know how to drive the car yet. You're 13 years old. You think you can drive the car. And you might even think about taking the keys to go down the street, go to the store, and get your candy bar. I hate having to wait for somebody to drive me somewhere. I wish I was more independent. And then you're 16. You get your license. And you think you're more independent than you are. You're really not. But you think that way. And, and, you, you know, and then you're, you're 30. And then you're 40. And you're like, oh, I got to go to the store and get stuff. You know? and I want to be less independent, right? But it's interesting. You know, we spend our life maturing. And maturing means independence. But in the spiritual life, it's the opposite, okay? The most mature people I know are the ones that are most dependent on Jesus, right? So it, so it goes against how we live, right? No, I'm, a, I'm the self-made man. Not in Jesus' eyes, you aren't. There are none. Jesus is the self-made man. 
Actually, I don't know what that means. But Jesus is the man. That's what that means. But we, we have to learn to be dependent. Maturity in the vine is learning dependence. Okay? We need to have a posture of dependence. Going back to the picture, the branch depends on the vine. Right? It can't grow without the vine. And even in this verse, verse 5, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do a little bit. You can do some. You can do nothing. In the spiritual life, dependence is everything. Question, how are you doing with that? How dependent are you on the Lord in your daily life? And what can you do to become more dependent? Number three, branch life is resting. Guess what? You're not good at this either, right? Yeah, you know this. We were just talking. There's Jill and Stacy over there. We were just in there having coffee. I'm like, yeah, how's life? Busy? Jill's got to like pack or close everything. I mean, we're just so busy. We have forgotten how to rest. And I think Stacy even said, when I rest, I feel guilty. Friends, we have got it wrong. Why is anxiety and depression ruling our culture? Because we, we are just anxious. We, we want to have this and we want to have that. And we push ourselves and push ourselves and push ourselves. Lord, come on along. And we create these standards of life that are not God's standards, but we try to live by them. We fail, and, and we try to be everything, and, and there's no rest at all. My friends, if we can do this alone, people outside this building are going to take notice. You know, even retired people are, are busy. I mean, nothing against retired. I, I want to be retired, but, but like... <laughs> I was thinking once I get retired, I'll, I'll really get a chance to rest. But that doesn't even seem true either. We have to learn to rest. You know, we have insatiable appetites. I always have to be doing something. I always have to be entertained. Some of us think, oh, resting is, you know, going on my phone, checking out my news feeds, watching my TikToks. That is not resting. Look it up. Check the medical records. That is not resting. Throw it away. Here's uh, Andrew Murray, uh, one of my favorite guys. He wrote this about if the branch could talk and resting. And just, just listen to it. It's, very, it's kind of fluffy, but I like the point. He's talking to us. Man, I hear that you are wise. And I know that you can do a great many wonderful things. I know you have much strength and wisdom given to you, but I have one lesson for you. With all your hurry and effort in Christ's work, you never prosper. The first thing you need is to come and rest in your Lord Jesus. This is what I do. I have spent years and years growing out of that vine, and all I have done is rest in the vine. When the time of spring came, I had no anxious thought or care. 
The vine began to pour its sap into me and give the bud and leaf. And when the time of summer came, I had no care. And in the great heat, I trusted the vine to bring moisture to keep me fresh. In the time of harvest, when the owner came to pluck the grapes, I had no concern. If there was anything in the grapes that was not good, the owner never blamed the branch. The blame was always on the vine. If you would be a true branch of Christ, the living vine, just rest on him. Let him, Jesus, bear the responsibility. That's part of abiding, is learning to rest. You know, we have identity as children of the Most High God who is more than willing and more able to meet with us and grant us all that we need, even in the most difficult times of life. And that's so great. Learn to rest in the Lord. Question, how you doing with that? How you doing with rest? Learn to rest. And finally, the branch life is the fruit-bearing life. Or maybe the bearing fruit life. I don't know which, which one. But it's a, it means the same thing, right? And Jesus is concerned with fruit. He's very concerned with fruit. He says it six times in eight verses. And the beautiful thing is, as we learn to abide and depend and rest, something wonderful happens. We bear fruit for God. You know, it, it's not us. It's a byproduct of abiding. We're, we don't have to control the outcome. I don't have to look at my grapes and compare them with Dave's grapes or anyone else's grapes, right? The Lord uses each one of us to make his fruit the way he wants it. I don't have to worry about that. I just abide and let him make the fruit that he wants for his kingdom. And it's interesting because, again, I've, you know, we're taught in our world where the fruit of a good life is success. The fruit of a good life is wealth. The fruit of a good life is ease and comfort. The fruit of a good life is stuff. Well, Guess what? That's rotten fruit because that's not going to last. Um, I like the idea of going to heaven and seeing the fruit that will last. I don't know what that looks like. I just kind of imagine a little bit. But, you know, Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven. And, and I think as we abide and we, and we learn to be faithful and we, we start growing this fruit, it's, it's eternal fruit. So when we're in eternity... This fruit's going to show up somewhere. And it's going to be so cool. Like, man, I was going through that. And God made that out of my situation. He made this fruit and he used it for others. We don't know. We don't know the whole story. We don't know what God's going to do. But he's going to make the fruit. And he's going to use it for his glory. And he's going to use us little branches to bear some of that fruit. Amen. That's incredible. That's mind-blowing. And it will be there forever. Um, 
You know, I, I made, this made me think of the saying, you know, work smarter, not harder. And I think that applies here. You know, sometimes some of us are so determined that I will bear fruit for God, watch me go. And you work and you work and you work and you run and you run and you run. You get tired, you're tired, you're tired. And you wake up and there's no fruit. Hey, let's work smarter. Right? Let's abide. Let's abide and let him make the fruit. Let's rest and let him make the fruit. Let's depend and let him make the fruit. That's working smarter, right? Lord, help us. Help us to do that. So, question. What kind of fruit are you producing? And how would you even know that? And sometimes, you know, don't get discouraged here. Sometimes it takes a long time. I've been in ministry a long time, and, and it's hard. It's hard because I don't, I don't get to see fruit all the time. But yesterday, I was at a wedding. My nephew got married yesterday, and I was down in Maryland, and there was a young man there uh, yesterday that he was in here. He was in youth group. He came here in like seventh grade, and he was here like maybe the first year I was here a long time ago. And he's down there, and he's got a wife and a kid, and he's walking with the Lord, and he, he attends my old church. And I was like, wow, that's fruit, Lord. Thank you that I got to see that. But, you know, we don't always get to see fruit. We don't. But that's not a reason to be discouraged. If you're not seeing the fruit, what should you do? Abide. Come on, right? If you're not seeing the fruit, just abide. Trust the Lord. He's at it. He's got it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. In closing, listen to the invitation of the Lord Jesus. This is available for anyone who wants it. This isn't some exclusive club for good people or smart people or handsome people or tall people or whoever. Jesus' invitation goes out to everyone. And this is what he says. He says, I'm the vine. I'll receive you. I will draw you to myself. I will bless you. I will strengthen you. I will fill you with my spirit. I, the vine, have taken you to be my branches. I have given myself utterly to you. Children, give yourselves utterly to me. I have surrendered myself as God absolutely to you. I became man and died for you that I might be entirely yours. Come and surrender yourselves entirely to be mine. My friends, abide, abide. And the next time you go outside and you see a grapevine or a fruit tree or maybe just a tree, with branches and leaves. Remember Jesus and what he taught about the vine and the branches. Let's pray. God, our Father, how good you are, how wonderfully you treat us, how wonderfully you have provided for us. And Lord, 
It's simple, I think, to understand, but it's so hard to work out in our lives. Thank you for your patience and kindness. And Lord, help us. Help us to understand how to abide. Help us to find that time and that place and that space to commune with you, just like we're communing now. And Lord, teach us dependence. Teach us to rest. And God, would you be so gracious and so powerful that you would use us and our church to bear fruit for a world that so badly needs it. God, we need you, and we truly want to see you work. Make us fruit bearers for your kingdom. We ask in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going to take the offering now, so just remain seated, and then the praise team will direct you when to stand.